This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. Hey folks, welcome to the uh, Dennis Miller Option. Beautiful surprise today. I'm in the sweat lodge with Lindsay and uh, Christian. They came up from uh, L.A., Escape from L.A. You yeah. surfed up to John Carpenter music, didn't you? I did. I did. Uh, I've got my leather pants on, and uh, I'm putting together the rest of the ensemble uh, out on State Street in Santa Barbara after, so uh, I will definitely come back full Pliskin. What a shithole L.A. is. Like, I'm sorry, Christian. I know you. you, you uh, I don't mean your place. Every other place, but yours. Yeah, it's Lindsay. just my. House. I'm just talking about when I see pictures of it. Everybody walking around like they're in the Omega Man or something. It's so <laughs> grim. I, it's not as grim up here, or I. I think an equidistant down south. Yeah. You been in Orange? Anybody been to Orange County lately? Yeah. Yeah. A little better than yeah. L.A. Any movies there? Yeah, the movie theaters are open. Uh, my in-laws uh, actually went to the, I believe I need to call it the Native American Casino, and uh, they've uh, gone out to eat and uh, all, all, the, all the fun time stuff down Beautiful. in Orange County. We don't have that stuff in L.A. County, but uh, they get to enjoy it. Let the good times roll. Looking at Joe Biden here, and I'll tell you what, he might get into the Oval Office, but he wouldn't get back into an NFL game with that look on his face. <laughs> They'd say, Joe, we're sitting you down for the second half. Because, uh, and what's he, he overwears a mask. Is that possible? I always feel like he's going in to perform surgery on Darth Vader or something <laughs> with that mask. <laughs> Lord Vader, you have a stone in your Vader penis. <laughs> Use the forceps, Luke. <laughs> or no, Luke was not the, ah, uh, you know what I'm saying. It's all Star Wars. That's fine. Anywho, I just throw them all into one big jar. Jar Binks! <laughs> so, um... Meets people gonna die from COVID. Is, is, is Jar Jar an early uh, precursor of what Chet Hanks does? Uh, is that patois that he speaks? I, I think it is. And I do think that, uh, I, I, I do think that Jar Jar was guilty of cultural appropriation before we knew what it was, you know. Um, so, so that's Rastafarian patois, kind of. Yeah, I think that's that's sort of what it is. If can you commit cultural appropriation if the people you're appropriating are too stoned to realize it, or would giggle if they found <laughs> out? Yeah, if you said to them, "We're stealing your entire culture," would it? <laughs> 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 you say conk, I say conch. You say manado, whatever that is. That song. What are we doing today? Who's on? What's the word? We are going to be joined momentarily by the one and only Victor Davis Hanson. I like to call him VDH. That's how he's in my phone. But, uh, you know, you can call him Victor. Mm -hmm. Don't pause between the D and the H. Get right to it. <laughs> <laughs> Today's guest is VD. <laughs> Sounds like a venereal disease hotline. <laughs> VDH.com. Um, all right, we'll talk to Victor. I, I think the country's shot. Uh, I, I think Biden is so bad that I... Uh, I think Trump has a chance in November. Pretty good one. I do think they'll... Listen, I, I just think we're split. I can't believe that we aren't having two elections in November, to be honest. this The country does not want to be together. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little brokenhearted that both of them don't see the wisdom of just splitting up. There's got to be a way to do it. Uh, it it's a divorce. There's got to be a way to sit down and settle the assets. And it, it, geographically, I see a, a bit of a ring around the outside of the country that could be uh, put into one hopper and sort of a flyover country in the center, which, you know, they've always used that as a euphemistic term to make fun of the people you fly over, but it actually fits for this. So the rim states flyover country, you know, I, I, I think I've got 
I, I bought that domain name in case they bring the werewolf vampire thing back <laughs> or the Hunger Games. I'm all over that. <laughs> and I think there's a way to relocate some people. And people are going to say, I am not le Well, fine, stay. Live. Uh, it's not enemy lines. But I, I think there should be a border between. It should be an easy access border, driver's license, things like that. We're all Americans. You can come in for the day or you can visit. It's not that polarized. But I really think we should uh, we should break up before it gets violent. This is a, not a good relationship. And at some point, it's going to turn violent. It's starting to turn violent now. And I don't know why, since we're all in this together, we don't go apart. I, I really don't. I'm not saying this ironically. It seems like such an easy fix. They're embarrassed of uh, liberals are embarrassed of conservatives. Uh, conservatives, I don't think, think uh, uh, liberals are stupid like liberals think conservatives are stupid. But conservatives do think liberals have gone mad, quite frankly. I don't think it, it, it's an IQ thing from the right to the left. It's more like, what, what happened? How can you, you know, if you just write down a list, I was thinking of it beforehand, and really an honest list of what the liberals want, denuded of any sort of pejoratives or any sort of uh, alliteration or consonants that, you know, Hannity does that incessant mad media mob, but just present, say, here, 10 things that you want, put it on one side. It's, it's a pretty far gone list now at this point. Uh, you know, that open border thing's pretty crazy. And uh, accruing all the benefits that other people have worked for or gone through the naturalization process immediately upon coming in, um, that's a pretty crazy premise. Uh, Biden saying he'd shut this thing down again and put the mask back on, it's odd. Uh, it, it does feel controlling. And uh, there's probably a, a couple of people on the uh, right would have to explain, too. Uh, but one of the things that I, I always think, geez, when did this become you're the bad guy? To think, folks. That we, and, you know, as I walked around yesterday, I thought that this is how crazy uh, Louis G. Carroll upside down this world is now. And I use this term clinically. It's an actual medical term. The morbidly obese are ordering stretch fabric clothing online. Now, if you that doesn't tell you that the world is upside down, uh, that that's you know, as I was just walking around the other day, I thought, wow, some of the chunkiest people in the world are completely outlined, silhouetted in stretch fabric. Now, as soon as ten years ago, people were either trying to lose some weight or, uh, you know wear loose-fitting clothing. For God knows, I've got a midsection that needs covered. I'm not full caftan yet, but definitely I'm <laughs> one, one size up on the polo shirt chart. But now, uh, you know, I looked at a couple of people who were unhealthy. I mean, really, you, you could tell that if they continued to live like that, it would catch up to them. And I thought, geez, you can go your whole life now, not pay any attention, not pay into anything, walk in one day, when it does catch up to you and say, I want this, and you haven't played along, and under the pre-existing condition thing, you have to be accepted and taken care of. And people say, that's, uh, well, that's the human way. I don't know. I'm thinking more about the people whose jaws are hitting the ground who played by the rules or took care of themselves or tried to do a couple sit-ups, just looking at stuff like that and saying, <laughs> where's my vig? You know, there's vigorish in the betting game where you get a little taste if you take an extra risk or do the right thing. There's no vig left. So I, I think you, if you put a list of 10 things together, you could pretty sensibly say, well, I, I don't believe in that approach. And, and the only difference is Hello? now they, hey, Victor, you sound like a young Vic Damone, Victor. <laughs> I, I like, I like Vic Damone. Uh, that's what I'm going to start introducing as our guest is Vic Damone Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> they used to call me that in grammar school. Mexican kids did. They yeah. thought he was Mexican. They thought he was a Mexican. So at school, they'd say, you're Vic Damone. That's nice. I can't believe I've already tapped into your... your uh... Past. <laughs> yes. I am a seer. Hey, v hey, Victor, what are you wearing? What am I wearing? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Junk clothes like usual. Oh, <laughs> I can't even do skeeve right. Yeah. He's like, well, what do you mean what I'm wearing? I'll, I'll tell you. I'm wearing junk clothes. <laughs> I've got a pair of chinos on. I'm right on a 33, 34 waist. It's like the pragmatic perv call. Dressed not entirely dissimilar to Nero as he watched <laughs> Rome burn. <laughs> well, this is Dennis. Lindsay and Christian are here. And good, uh, good to talk to you. Vic, you ready to go? Yeah. Beautiful. And by the way, our, our guest is Victor uh, Davis Hansen. I consider him to be the most brilliant uh, historic um, historian in the land. You see him on Tucker, and I, I love how Tucker gives him wide berths. Some of these guests, for God's sakes, you got to chirp in every three seconds because it's like you're pray, playing charades, finishing their sentences for him. But Victor's got stuff to say, and uh, he's wise about it. He's studied about it, and you stay out of the way. Victor, I am, uh, I, I'll be honest with you, we've had this talk many times, I think very good chance that trump can win i i think after that i believe it goes to hell at the end of his second four years and it very well could go to hell in uh in november if he doesn't win um people throw the term around this is the most consequential uh election of our uh, certainly a hundred years right do you believe that uh not quite but it's up there with 1940 and 1860 and other landmark uh, decisions that would have, if Lincoln had lost the 1860, we probably would have had a separate Confederacy. And if there were people in 1940 who thought we shouldn't rearm, they happened to be Republicans, a lot of them. So I think there were key, key elections like that. Uh, Reagan 1980 was obviously very important because that kind of halted or suspended the progressive trajectory. But this one's different in that this isn't the Democratic Party that my parents were in. This is something it reminds me of the cadet party of that opposed the Tsar and then sold out to the Bolsheviks or maybe somebody in the 60s or the Jacobins in France. These people are dangerous and they hate America and they are a minority. But what's different from the 1960s is that the mayors, I mean, in the old days, you remember Dennis, that crazy Sam Yorty and Major mm -hmm. Daly and Rizzo, whatever they were, they were old fashioned democratic guys that tried to keep order when the riots happened. And you also saw the foundations, the Ford foundation, the Rockefeller foundation, they tried to, pour money into the systematic causes of supposed racism or unrest, but they didn't condone the violence. Today, the foundational money, the Soros money, the Tides money, it's all going into Black Lives Matter and that agenda. And these blue state mayors and attorney generals and governors, they find it either you know, useful or they condone it or they think it eventually the chaos and anarchy will help Trump lose and then when biden comes in it'll magically disappear hmm. you know folks when i was young i had a recurrent dream and it was that i would dive into a swimming pool and i was not a good swimmer so i think it was an anxiety dream but the swimming pool would be filled with cereal and milk and as i went down to the bottom because i couldn't swim i would just drink the milk and eat the cereal and then walk out of the pool weird dream what would dr freud say but cereal was my metier when I was a young kid. I knew them all. I liked the colorful boxes. Then as I got older, eh, I don't know, like all things, you find out everything you dug so much when your kid's kind of bad for you. I realized a lot of the cereal full of sugar, junk that you shouldn't eat. I've been trying to cut down on the carbs mostly. Also sugar. Unhealthy food in general. And realized I basically, uh, well, I can't eat anymore. I'm on day 64 of a hunger strike and you know what brought me off yes you do magic spoon cereal zero sugar 11 grams of protein only three net grams of carbs in each serving do you hear me in each serving four flavors cocoa fruity frosted and blueberry what do you like that is fruity tastes amazing honestly too good to be true keto friendly gluten-free grain-free soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. As I said, I like the fruity, and uh, then I like blueberry, frosted, cocoa. 
Uh, something about the chocolate is not my main thing. I'm not going to sit here and say that, uh, you know, each flavor is as good as the other. I have favorites. You'll have yours. Maybe you'll dig cocoa, but I dig the fruity one right up front. Go to magicspoon.com slash Miller. Grab a free variety pack. Try it today. You'll be able to isolate your favorite. Be sure to use our promo code Miller at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it, for any reason, for any reason, they'll refund your money and there'll be no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Miller. Use the code Miller for free shipping. And we thank our friends at Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. You know what? Uh, when, when I think of Richard Daly <laughs> and, and what's going on in Chicago on any given weekend, I, I or, or when I think of Philadelphia and Frank Rizzo exiting a dinner with a nightstick in there uh you know in his cummerbund I, I i think these guys were democrats who took no prisoners if it started to get in the way of the way the trains ran on any given city um i look at Lori lightfoot it's it's so funny that the prefical note on her name is light because she seems like a lightweight i look at a lot of these mayors and i think my God, they're just, they're sort of placeholders. They get their marching orders in the beginning uh, of the day. And I was wondering, I always try to put together, it's like a fantasy league. Who do you think is currently in the Democrats' star chamber? Who is that 12 people around the table? I think it's Soros and Steyer. I think it's the Podestas, probably Hillary, not Bill anymore. The Obamas. Who who do you who else do you see in that fantasy league? No, I, I agree with all that. And then they have these uh, they have these weird apparatchiks, the foot soldiers. And you mentioned Lightfoot, but that unhinged guy in Portland, Ted Wheeler, the kind of walk. They force him to walk to the guillotine, and he starts clapping for his own destruction. Mm -hmm. right. But uh, it's, so it's a multifaceted. There's people, as you say, that are funding it. And then there's the political operatives like Pelosi and Schumer that know better, but are going along with it. And then there's another wing, of course, the network news, PBS, NPR, uh, CNN, Washington Post, New York Times. And they're sort of there. And then there's, let's face it, it's celebrity culture that can, encompasses everybody from the NBA, who seems to be a Chinese puppet these days to the virtue signaling movie stars of Hollywood. So they've got, they have control over all the media and of course, Silicon Valley, Facebook, Google, Apple, all that stuff. They have control over all the levers of cultural influence. Well, two and things. They, Ted Wheeler's such an ass kisser that he'll pre-score <laughs> his neck as they lead him out to the uh, guillotine. He'll have a little, <laughs> he'll do it halfway so they don't dull the blade for the other uh, deniers. And secondly, I'm talking about the main room, and I realize the concentric circles out from that. I'm talking about the Red Cork Center. Who do you believe is making the decisions over there? I'd put Axelrod in there, too. Who do you see in that room who's sending out these marching well, orders? Well, I, I think that there's no doubt that uh, when you say the Obamas, I think Barack Obama is just sort of, He's in Lotus land now. I mean, he just wants money and not to work. He said by his own admission, he was always lazy and he got his wish. He's wealthy. He weighs in with that fake accent every once in a while, but it's Michelle Obama. And she's still engaged in this. You know, when she said in the convention, you can't walk out if you're a black man without being fearing for your life, without mentioning 7,000 of them have been killed in the inner city by gangs and nine or 10 or whatever figure we want to use 15 maybe by police and she's she's up there and she's a, a spiritual head there's a lot of uh influential intellectuals not he see coats and those types of people who write stuff that's mm -hmm. very inflammatory you've got to put in there uh some of the op-ed editorial directors and the op-ed writers in the new york times if you want to read that um the Lorraine Jobs at uh, Atlantic is publishing things uh, like their latest um, or accusation that Trump said losers or suckers or the maddest piece where he said that Trump was acting like a Nazi. So we've got people who are deliberately 
ahead of the, I think what you're saying is, are they ahead of the street crowds? Do they create the climate mm-hmm. and prep the battlefield with their money or their cultural influence? And so, yeah, I think the Obamas are one, Soros is one, Steyer is one, the Tides Foundation. Now, I'm a member of the Bradley Foundation Board, and it's the largest conservative board in the United States. I think we have 1.4 billion. And we had a presentation not long ago because we were getting full of ourselves. Oh, we do so good and try to help traditional America and fund causes that are. And a guy came in and just laughed at us, or she did. And she showed us the, the 25 foundations ahead of us. And they were not ahead of us, you know, 1.7. They were like 10 billion, 12 billion. And they were Soros connected. They were Steyer connected. Gates connected, uh, Zuckerberg connected, and she showed us all the things where they spend their money. And I mean, you're talking about a magnitude of being outspent 20, 30 to one. And I think this campaign, when we see Bloomberg say he's going to spend $100 million to defeat Trump in um, Florida, and then the, the widow of the Golden West uh, savings and loan fortune says she's going to spend $200 million. That's where the real heft is, I think, is, is the big money foundations and that's dangerous because they're always preaching to us about dark money can't wake up in the morning without a jane meyer article somewhere warning us about the Koch brothers Mm -hmm. either the Koch brothers are irrelevant now or they're writing for some type of libertarian open borders utopia but they're not they're not trump conservatives and if they don't like trump they, they want him defeated well, look at look at Bill Crystal. For God's sakes, I have a friend. I, I, I don't even know if I want to say his name, but I talked to him recently, and uh, he's a, I wouldn't say rock-ribbed conservative his whole life, but he's actively working against Trump now. And uh, he's an operative, I'm sure you know. And like I said, my friendship just keeps me from saying who it is, but I, I was just absolutely shocked. There is a group of people out there i can only assume their business model has been compromised and that's why they want him out you know when they talk about trump being insane this will tell you how bifurcated it is victor he seems like the sanest uh president (laughs) i've ever seen to me and the most egotistical and the most gauche and the most garish at some point and but man if you're talking about who I've seen as insane in the past, it's some of these people where it's all going to hell in a handbasket and they just sit there like a Pirates of the Caribbean animatron talking about how good it is. At least yeah, Trump I'm... is a clarion call, indeed an inflammatory one, but a, the town bugler as far as I'm concerned. Well, what he did is he came in and said, I don't know what conventional wisdom is, but when I see it, I recognize it as stupidity. So he said the Palestinians, quote unquote, are not the key to the Middle East peace process. They never were. It's basically uniting the Arab countries with their arch enemy, Israel, against a common enemy that wants to nuke them both, Iran, mm-hmm. and then telling the Palestinians either get on the get on the train or you're going to be left on their tracks. And I think that's working. And same thing with NATO. It's Please say, 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 see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil about NATO and, and the renowned Germany. And the fact is, that was conventional ossification. Germany has changed. It's the most anti-American country. It's pushing its weight around against Eastern Europe on immigration, on the South, on debt, on, against the UK and Brexit. And they won't pay. So Trump comes along like a bull in a china shop. They're all shocked. And the result is, like in the Middle East, we see progress. We see traction. Germany's now pulling in its horns. People are paying up more for NATO. And same thing with China. Don't dare mention the T word, tariff. China's going to, I think Obama coined the idea of manage decline. They're going to be inevitable hegemons. We have to manage our decline. Uh, capitalism will always lead to democracy, so they'll be like us. They're impressed with Hollywood and Silicon Valley, all that crap. Well, Trump came in and he just looked at the world as a businessman from Manhattan, and it brought results. And you're right about careers. And I, I was listening to John Bolton the other day. I knew him. I like him. But my God, he was on CNN, and he said that Trump was a useful idiot. And I thought, wow, this is projection. You really believe you're going to be on CNN after the election's over and you have no more usefulness for the left? 
they're going to drop you like a lead weight. And you're the only reason you're on here is because you're criticizing Trump in an election span and you serve their purposes and you're trying to hawk a three or four million dollar profitable book, mm-hmm. your purposes. But after that, they have no use for you. Discard. Listen, I was with John once, uh, maybe 50 miles outside of London, England at a resort. Uh, there was some group there. He was, uh, you know, there on an honorarium. I was doing around 45 minutes of comedy. A lot of heavy hitters, a lot of European game board guys. John was a pig and slop. He was right in the middle of it. I enjoyed John's company, but he's there for people who believe what Trump believes in their inner sanctum, but can't say out loud because they're either afraid or think it's too bodacious. He's there to massage the middle and probably walk out with 25K and two first-class air tickets. And that that business model is starting to be flipped on its head, quite frankly. And that's yeah, why uh, that's why John tried to push a few chips in on a tome and make the big hit. Because if Trump takes over again, a lot of this falls, uh, at least on deaf ears. You think he's a bull in a china shop. Now he's going to be a bull in a china laboratory after the uh, at November. And No, he is. He is. I've been talking to some people will call once in a while and say, what do you think of our post victory agenda? And, you know, you, you say you got to win first. They know that. But when you hear what they're talking about, I mean, it's 400 more judges. It's 600 miles more of the wall to finish it. Basically, we're accessible terrain. It's um, more deregulation. It's more fracking. It's more pressure on China. It's it's not. Well, I don't want to hear he's going to pick more judges like John Roberts anymore. That's one thing he can zip it <laughs> no, about. No, I, I think they're burned on that one. Yeah, burned. Manchurian candidate, brother. They snuck him in. It's the same yeah. as that guy up in New Hampshire. Who was the rough guy whose kid took over the state it's eventually? Suter. Da- David Souter. Yeah, Souter was pushed in by two of the right, right-leaning as cats. Have you noticed that, Dennis? They all, they all start out like Earl Warren or... Justice Brennan in the past, or John Paul Stevens, our suitor, and they're all conservatives, and they get into Washington, and they think, well, I'm not very popular. I'm not really spoken about in the New Yorker magazine, and then they finally start to wear down, and they all go left. They never go in there left and think, you know what? Never. I'm going to become a conservative. They never do. (laughs) So do my Never. They would rather they would rather self-immolate themselves than somebody slide left or right. And, you know, speaking of the Supreme Court, if you read the Constitution, it doesn't say there's going to be nine justices. It says there shall be a chief justice and a Supreme Court. And I think it's since 1867, we've had nine. In the old days, they used before that, they went back and forth. Yeah, but FDR took a run at it, right? He was going to jet. Yeah, but I was looking at, I went over the other day, I was just curious about this, because Beto came out of nowhere and said again that we should pack the court the Mm -hmm. way Roosevelt tried. And so I looked at it, and I thought, wow, they want to have 15 judges and get six liberals, but can they do it? I thought, if if they win the Senate and keep the House and Biden would win and they get rid of the filibuster, the first thing they're going to do is have a a bill saying there shall be 15 Supreme Court judges. They'll pass it in the House. Biden will sign it. And they'll they'll appoint six people, and you can't filibuster it. And that will be the new Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. I really believe they're going to do that. Me too. And that's why I'm so down. Mitch McConnell is a weak, ineffectual. He is uh, the last guy who had a chance to get rid of the filibuster. They're going to do it in... <laughs> They're going to do it more quickly than David Spade used to say. I'm on Saturday Night Live in between the H and the I in high when we went to nightclubs <laughs> together. That's how quickly they're going to do away with uh, the filibuster. And they're going to do a lot of other things. They're going to get rid of the Electoral College. We keep thinking, well, it's in the Constitution. You have to have an amendment with three quarters of the states, two thirds of both houses. You do, but not with these guys, no. because they've got this thing now where each legislature in the blue states are voting that their electors will mimic or reflect the national vote. And all they need is 270 electoral vote states. And they're all, I think they're 75 percent of the way there. They get rid of the Electoral College and it's going to be a whole new nation. You read the Federalist paper. No. It's the only college they don't want to pay for. 
As soon as they bring no. D.C. in and Puerto Rico, there's a few more there. They're even closer to it as far as statehood. Well, Victor, then let's say I'm surprised that earlier when I queried you and you brought up uh, 1940, 1860, Reagan, I, I, I'm surprised that you even put it in uh, maybe the 1861, obviously, but uh, Reagan, yeah, I'm glad that he broke the uh, chain of pain, but I also don't view it as as hateful or weird or retributive as it's going to be if Donald Trump does not win November 3rd. I think the country begins its uh, cracking up the next day. And I mean real yeah. cracking up going Well, apart. I think it's hard. I, I think what's scary is that if Trump loses, they won't win the House and they'll lose the Senate. And that means they're going to have no, nothing in the way because there's no filibuster. And I do think, though, that all the stuff on the street we're seeing that were supposedly spontaneous, they, they're holding hostage Biden. And Biden is telling the country basically in, in no uncertain signaling, you guys are in a fetal position. Your hands are over your ears. You just wanted to make it make it all go away. It kind of reminds me of that scene in True Romance where that guy, Elliot, the stool pigeon, is in the room and they're shooting. He says, make it all go away. <laughs> and and that's what the American public like. And Biden, to the degree he's in Campos Mentes, is saying, you know what, vote for me. And I'll, and I'll make these guys all go away. And I'm not sure they – I think they'll stop for a while because – He's hostage by him. They're going to get the new green deal. They're going to get the wealth tax, the 60% income tax, reparations, open borders, Medicare for everybody, health care for illegal aliens. And that's what's scary that I think that, that Biden is, he reminds me, you know, in the Russian revolution, there were all these Kerensky like people who kept patting the Bolsheviks on the back, thinking the more we're nice to them, the more we can control them. And they did control them until the war broke out. And then you have the, the revolution and Biden and all these guys think, you know what, they're going to do what we say, because we're going to give them mm -hmm. the revolution. I think there may be quiet after the election, but Harris is going to take over eventually sooner than later. Biden's a hot air balloon. Mm -hmm. He's already calling it Harris Biden is in, in, <laughs> indeed page paging Dr. Freud. She slipped. Yeah. But, uh, Biden is actually calling it now Harris Biden. You <laughs> yeah. know, the thing about uh, Biden is when he stands in front of a group of people and says, I'm not going to take away your fracking, he's so addled now that when he goes to give them the wink, there's so much mucilage in his <laughs> demento eyes that he can't get the eye back open. They have to have an eye caddy come in. You know, somebody know with one, you know, something that you lift cake off a plate with and get reslit the eye for him. Here's the thing about home security companies. Most trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and quite frankly, lousy customer support. So while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no-brainer. You know it. Simply Safe. I've used Simply Safe for years, and it is simply the right home security for me, and I'm telling you, for you too. Simply Safe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's got a veritable arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window, and door tailored specifically for your home. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night, ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals if there's an emergency. You can set it up yourself in under an hour. You just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. No technician required. And there's no contract. No pushy sales, guys. No hidden fees. No fine print. All this starts, what would you guess? $2 million a month? No! $15 a month. I'm not the only one who thinks Simply Safe is great. U.S. News and World Report, not an easy sell, named it the best overall home security of 2020. Head to simplysafe.com slash Miller and get a free HD camera for my listeners, that's simply safe, S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash Miller to make sure they know that our show sent you. And I think uh, he really is so far gone, Vic, that I don't know that on the 29th, here's how I'd play it if I was Trump. 
in that first debate, and you can see Biden when he starts floundering, it's like a little kid being swim-proofed where they flourish and try to thrash to the wall to keep up. Mm-hmm. Biden will get to the end of his one minute. He usually gets to 40 seconds. He starts to panic. He knows the frabba-jabba is about to come out. He speaks in twisted tongues. All of a sudden, he starts thrashing and says, I guess that's my time. I don't want to take more time. And he throws it back, <laughs> and he tries to hide behind the cloak of being polite. If I was Donald Trump... I would I would act presidential there. They always want him to. I would act gracious and I would say, no, no, Joe, you can take some of my time. Finish your thought there. We want you to finish your thought. And then Trump scores twice. He looks like he's being gracious and Biden has to finish the thought. And he doesn't even remember what thought he wanted to finish. How big this debate. I still don't believe it's going to happen. Your thought. I don't either, because you know what? When you got this guy and he says, bring it closer for the teleprompt. And when he reads the prompts, end of quotation or talking points on the air, or he brings down a picture from the wall and on the reflection, you can see the hidden teleprompter. Or when one of the questioners says, can I get off script and ask a different question? That shows. And then when their campaign manager gets on national TV and cannot answer Brett Baird, does he use a teleprompter or not? Then you get the impression that I don't know Silicon Valley technology, but if he goes through with this, they're going to have to have something fourth dimensional on there. I don't know what it is, an implant in his head or something or screen on the ceiling. No, no. Out, out of his right nipple able- will come a, a hologram <laughs> of Princess Leia saying, help me, Obi-Wan. He's got to. He's got to. Or maybe it'll have a Candy Crawley come back as the instant fact checker. They, they got to do something because... He's the only guy I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's what Churchill said of Admiral Jellicoe in World War One. He was the first Lord of the Admiralty, uh, the first Sea Lord. He's the only man that could lose the war in one afternoon by losing the British fleet. Biden is the only candidate I've ever seen that could blow up an entire campaign in five seconds. If he goes on there and somebody says, if the host was black, the narrator, and he says, you know, you remind me of a junkie or a cocad, or, you know, you're not really black. And he's capable of saying stuff. Well, like he did that. say it, Victor, and it did, it, it has it hasn't knocked him out. So you have to. That's how upside down it is. He did say that. It I hasn't know. hurt him. But he's he he said it. If he says it in a debate with fifty million people, he's going to lose five ten percent of the African American vote. He's already at the point where he's getting close to losing fifteen percent. If he if Trump gets fifteen percent of the black vote. I don't think they can win. And Trump's getting close to that. All this stuff about, you know, Pelosi says no debates and the shell says get out and vote. And Hillary says never concede. And Bloomberg yeah, says give 100 million. That's all a reflection of internal polls. You know, internal pollsters, we make fun of them. but They're like our oncologists. When you go to a cancer doctor, you don't pay him to lie to you. you, you he tells you the truth. So you can deal with it. So these internal pollsters are telling these people, you're not quite behind yet, but you have to stop this Trump trajectory because if it continues, you're going to be behind by four or five points on election day. And that's that is reflected in this paranoia that they're voicing. And I, I really think that they're seeing polls. I mean, I don't believe political or Reuters or you go they're, they're off. And every once in a while you see cracks in that fit. You can see the fissures were Zogby or Rasmussen or Emerson or uh, Daily Express poll will be peeping out and they'll say, you know what, Florida's tied or Trump is one point ahead. And then everybody gets, oh, no, no, they're not. These are not NBC. Mm -hmm. These are not Wall Street. These are not political. These are not Reuters. But something's going on. And you and I know from our own acquaintances that there's a lot of Trump. Uh, I don't know what we would call them, landmines out there. They're going to go off on November. They're, nobody knows where they are, but they're there. Well, I'll tell you what, I still, I still think first up, uh, what's today, the 15th, two weeks? Yeah. They've got to figure out a plan because he cannot debate on the 29th. I have friends who are in late-stage dialysis who are not as dependent on machinery as Joe <laughs> Biden is on his <laughs> teleprompter. So they can't let him go out there. It's just that no. simple. No, hey, let's can't. talk about the fires. Let's take it back to Cali. Folks, yeah. uh, if Horace Greeley were alive today, he would be meeting you at the border and say, no, no, go back east. Go back east. I fucked up telling you to come out here because California is literally incinerating itself and casting blame. I was intrigued. I can see who they're going to send 
I don't know who wins this time, but they're going to send Gavin Newsom into the fray in the future because they're allowing him to make a few even-handed things so he can't be painted as a complete uh, opponent uh, ideologically when things are common sense good for a state. I was watching him with Trump, and I was thinking, oh, this is the guy they've picked for down the road. But uh, by and large, when, when you have arson happening, and you still are bl- jumping over arson to blame climate change. It'll show you how absolutely bumper sticker driven they are. You can have a picture of a guy lighting something on fire, and then somebody can blame it on a solar flare, and it's yeah. uh, it, it gets more cachet in the left. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking out my window here in 45 miles from the tip of the Big Creek fire in Central Sierra, and it looks like nuclear winter and can't even breathe it. And I have a house up on Huntington Lake where 97% of all of the cabins were destroyed, except an area where we were very lucky, where so far it's still standing. But all the last six years, if you look at op-eds, if you look at what people were saying, if you look at they said we lost 65 million trees in a drought and the bark beetle that devoured them. Mm. Please let let the timber industry come back into California. They can they have two years to harvest the trees. They let grazing go to clean the hillsides. Let there be logging roads. And you read the stuff, and I wrote four or five things about it and got all this hate mail from these elites. Oh, this is natural mulch. Oh, we're enriching right. the birds and the woodpeckers and the beetles because this stuff is in primeval forest will rot and all these people said you know this is green napalm and we had that paradise fire and then suddenly about february the insurance companies said you know what this is fire season coming up and they started tripling and doubling their rates for foothill and mountain residents and a lot of people would call and say i was paying an exorbitant 250 a month for a little cabin they want 600 and everybody's got panicky and then you saw the state get panicky because suddenly for the first time in six years in june they were going into the sierra and mass logging you know just a fraction of that 65 million but they knew what they had done and then when this thing hit just like on spec they said global warming did it but it was a it was a new theory of forest management that said man bad hydroelectric bad timber bad Boating bad, jet skis on a mountain lake bad, uh, Bay Area, you know, wilderness backpackers for a week every year, good. And that's the theory. Do you think, Victor, uh, it's gotten so screwed up out here, folks, by the way, that uh, they're literally taught that they realize that their leading import might be export in that humans are going to start splitting and some of them with a big uh, worth that just can't take it. They're already floating the idea. It sounds so illegal to me. Can there, in fact, be an exit tax? I think there is already a de facto one. You know, I speak a lot to people. What, who what does that support... mean, Victor? Tell me that. Cause I, 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 well, I, I mean, I talk to people from the Hoover Institution who are pretty big donors, and they're sick of California, so they lately, but they come back because they have family or they have businesses. And they tell me the most extraordinary stories. They say the first year they audited me because they looked at my uh, gasoline tax uh, credit cards and they said I was in the state too much. So they wow. maybe pay the full cash. The next year I got smart. So I paid cash. Then they, they audited my ATM. So then I got really smart. And when I went back in, they checked, they audited, but they forgot to, um, they forgot to leave their power on. So they, they subpoenaed their, you know, in Nevada or whatever they were, their their power records. And the point I'm making is they basically told these guys, you may leave the Hotel California, but you're never leaving because we're going to audit you and audit you and audit like you. If you pay that 13, 13%. And now, you know, as a response to all this COVID, evacuation, recession, fire, looting, arson, what are they doing in the legislature? They're going to raise the income tax from 133 to 16%. They're going to get rid of Prop 13 on businesses. They're going to say if you have Prop 13 and you want to leave your Prop 13 home to your child, that you can only have one home if it's your house next door you own, that no matter. So they're desperate for money and they're trying to tax and everybody's leaving and you try to tell them that. And they think, well, they're leaving because they're no good. We don't want them. 
and I don't know where it all ends, but uh, they just they took paradise and they made it hell, and then places like Texas that are kind of a, a natural hell they made it into paradise. So people are leaving to go to te- mm-hmm. who would ever want to go to Texas and leave the California coast, but they're doing it. Yeah, they uh, they tore down paradise and put up a parking lot, and they won't even allow a Costco or a Walmart at the end of the parking <laughs> lot. That, that's the added chapter out here. There's always an extra twist in the inflict pain on the uh, the uh, the wealthy chamois. Now, just in closing, Vic, because this is a tidbit I don't get with many people. Uh, do you fear the contretemps between China, Japan, out in the Sea of Japan, or do you fear Greek Turkish rivalry uh, flaring up again? Which one do you think is closer to a overboil in the pot? Well, I think there's a much more likelihood that uh, the Greek Turkish rivalry will flare up, but I don't think it's got the potential because you're basically talking about Russia and the Mediterranean and us, and Russia has ties with Greece because of the orthodoxy thing and Turkish. So that alliance they have with Turkey is pretty thin. So the United States has been pretty good in telling Turkey that you're the aggressor, and we have a lot of complaints against Turkey, and they know that. So I think between us and their uncertain support from Russia, Turkey is not is going to back off, and I think they're already backing off. And believe it or not, the anti-American Greeks are really appreciative of the United States suddenly. You know, it's like, <laughs> wow, we're back to shared uh, inheritors of the Western tradition. But Japan is militarily getting very, very capable. When, when they name their carriers, the Akagi and the Kaga, the two <laughs> flagships of Pearl Harbor, I think we better pay attention to oh, what they're doing. Jesus, <laughs> I saw the uh, new head of Japan the other day holding up a uh, Tora, Tora, Tora. <laughs> yeah. So I think that they're ready for the Chinese, and I think that's much more dangerous. I don't believe that China was going to, that we were going to preempt or China was going to preempt because China was going to overtake us. I was always worried that China where you know, one American produces twice the goods and services as three Chinese counterparts. I was worried that China was going to implode because of all of its contradictions and it starts to decline or it peaks. It's going to get desperate. And that's what I'm worried about. It's going to do something stupid, not because of its, you know, inevitable hegemony over the world, but because it saw what it could be and it's not going to get there. And it wants what to take that everybody down already. You've certainly seen the female scientist out there who said that was in a, that's from a Wuhan lab. She's like, yeah, and I, I think, can give you proof positive that that sort of virus know. doesn't exist in nature. It was invented in a lab. Now, the only thing is inadvertently released or vertently released to make. Yeah. It I don't work. think it matters, Dennis. I think when it was released at first, they were contrite. And then they thought that didn't work. And then they accused us of being racist and producing it. And then that didn't work. And then finally, it was sort of like, what the F? It left. We didn't know how it got out. But you know what? Wink, nod. It's out now. And you know what? It's true that we banned all flights from Wuhan to internal Chinese cities, but we didn't ban them to SFO or LAX. Ha ha. What the hell are you going to do about it? Oh, there might be another SARS mutation down the road. So I think now they're saying, you know what? Screw you. If we're going to go down, we're going to take everybody with us. And this could happen again. And we're not going to apologize about it. We're going to deny it publicly. But you should be aware of what happened because we destroyed your blank, blank economy in just under a year in a way that no nuclear bomb could do. And be aware of that. And I think that's what their attitude is now. Um, I I know it's uh, election season and uh, I know that Biden has been greased over the years. How deep? Ha- how deeply has he been greased by uh, the Chinese over the years? How oh, how in bed all... with him? Uh, how in futon with them is he? I think if you take away the word China, the Biden family has zero net worth. One or two. I don't think he made much in Ukraine compared to what he's making in China. The Biden siblings wouldn't have any money. Biden wouldn't have built that big house. So they have zero money. Probably true. Uh, I think Bloomberg would have. 20 or 30 percent less money. Diane Feinstein's husband would have 30 percent. I mean, her her chauffeur was a spy for 20 years. Nobody said a word when they found out about it. So, oh, things happen. Head of the Senate Intelligence Committee, no big deal. So I'm worried that and then LeBron becomes a human rights activist <laughs> only in the United States. So and same with Hollywood, you know, part of this anger at Hollywood about African-American representation, as the Chinese tell us, 
that we want light-skinned actors for export in our market in China. And I'm I'm afraid some Hollywood producers kind of stealthily do that. So yeah, I saw that they replaced the kid uh, Joe Malone, the fragrance company, had an ad campaign predicated on a personal story by John Boyega, the black star of the new Star Wars films. And when they got it to China, they had replaced him with a kid who was like <laughs> Key Luke the 14th or something. It was unbelievable. Even Judd Apatow, God bless him. There are times I don't agree with Judd, but he came out yesterday and said, listen, we're all in their thrall, man. We, we should just admit He's it. right. He's right. So I'm, I, the answer is a long, windy, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Biden... Well, uh, then let me go back and close it. Now that we've chatted for a while, Victor, let me go back and close it in the same way I opened it. You really don't think that 50 days from now or whatever it is, 48 days, that this is the most consequential election in American history? Because I do. Well, I do think it is, but maybe I'm naive. I think Trump's going to win. And I think he's going to win big in the Electoral College. So that'll, that's why I'm not as worried as I would. What about Lincoln the House? Has, Any chance that we get a surprise yeah, no, in the no, House? No, no, no. I think that I think they've got a good chance, especially in California, picking up six or seven seats. And I think it, if I think Trump is surging. I mean, if we were talking about Reagan in May and June of 1980, the guy was down eight or nine points, and he blew it open with that economic report and the second and third quarter of it was like seven percent gdp growth and then he destroyed basically made carter look like a ninny in the debate so i think there's a potential there i think biden if he wins it's going to be close but there's a potential i think that trump could blow this thing open if he's careful what's the what's the october surprise coming from right to left durham do you see that <laughs> uh does durham come out between now and then and and indict somebody or what or is dorm just gonna... uh, well i i don't know there's no more woodwork books to come and there's no more <laughs> venman books to come and there's no more recovered memory about trump said this about suckers so but they'll find something access hollywood too i don't know it'll be something like that well i understand from the left to the right i know what their october surprises will be <laughs> i'm wondering yeah. i i'm pretty sure i'd have to think that Trump is sitting on something. I think Cohen just got a taste of it when they went yeah. after Trump about him being uh, oh, Aqualung with think... Cohen's daughter, and the next day they've yeah. got Cohen on tape released <laughs> being Aqualung yeah. with his own daughter. Yeah, I think there's going to be, I do think there's going to be some indictments by Durham. I don't know if it's going to go up to the Comey level, but there's going to be some. And then I do think they're going to have a big foreign affairs development and my, i don't know if it's going to be as big as saudi arabia and uh, recognizing israel it'll be something like that maybe kuwait or something so they're working on it yeah everybody every administration does and you know the biggest fear to finish dennis is i'm afraid that he wins the electoral college pretty easily and maybe even the, the popular vote and then he declares victory and then, like uh, here in my district, Congressman Valadeo did the same thing, 6% lead. And then all of a sudden they say, wait a minute, we got this pile of, uh, from, you know, Dade County came in and, and Chicago and L.A. And wow, you know, not L.A., but, you know, these swing states. Well, and then all of a sudden we, we wait there every day and see him bleed to death for 30 days. And then suddenly, you know, George Soros and everybody and say, you know what, he won. And then we're going to go to the Supreme Court and then. Your Justice Roberts, as we've talked about, says, you know, I kind of sort of maybe think that that these ballots are valid. And that's what's scary, because that's going to end to violence in the street yes, it on will. both sides. That's John Brown's raid. That's Fort Sumter. That's John yeah. Brown's raid. Uh, we hang chads or we hang together, as they used to say. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I don't I, I really think that people say, well, when would the left stop? I know they've got this Solinsky approach and you carpet bomb and you just keep flooding the zone. But I do think at some point, if Trump has a three to four point lead, and they're going to pull in three to four point one points of votes that we just stumbled on. I think somebody's going to stop them at three nine and say, "You don't want to do this. This no, this, this no. breaks the whole pinata open. The whole shitstorm no. comes down." I think so too. It's going to be things we've never even imagined yeah. in our lifetime. That I that know happens. it's going to be so weird. I hope he wins it. He's got to win on a landslide. I'm not a landslide. He's got to win by a ten point margin or eight or seven. 
and I think is capable of it because I think people are sick of what's going on and they well, don't want to talk about it. From your mouth to Obama's ears, as they say in the <laughs> secular world. All right, my friend, you good? Okay. When when you touring again? When can we get something uh, I, together? You know, they- they canceled the Israeli tour, so I'm doing the same thing next year. I'm told that the Israelis are on board. So Now, I know I days. bailed last time, but I had some business come up. But, Victor, I'm going with you because that's one oh, of my uh, one of, one of well, my goals. My last one. Yeah, it's my last one, but we're going to do it again. We didn't do it. We did a virtual this year, so we're going to do the whole thing again. I should say for the first time because we didn't we got canceled. Listen, as much as I love you, Victor, I'm not going okay. on a fucking virtual tour of Venezuelan. <laughs> what the fuck are you? And Christ was visited here. If you if you put your cursor, this is Christ tomb right. What are you kidding? No, we're gonna have a real thing. <laughs> All uh, right, brother. Okay, take care. Bye, bye, Victor. Bye, bye. A virtual tour. Oh my. God, that's, folks, I'm faking this. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good to talk to Victor. I think Victor's smelling a Trump victory. That's what I heard. Because I always get up to this point with Victor where I, I want him to concede my point because his approbation would mean so much to me. But sure. he never will. He'll always say, nah, I don't quite see it like you. And I think, I, what is he missing? If, if Biden wins, this is, well, it's so... It's going to get so crazy. I don't want to be the guy to go on record and tell you what I think's <laughs> right. going to happen because then they come back at you and your L. Ron Hubbard. So I'll just say, uh, I think this is the most important election ever. I see where Victor's able to cheat that a little because he thinks Trump's going to win and by a surprising margin. And it very well could be true. When you look at some of the things on a nightly basis, when you look that Portland hasn't been tamped down and you just say, well, wait a second, how is this happening? We can't allow this to happen anymore. And I think that fall, it falls on largely deaf ears when they say Donald Trump's causing this. I, I think people say, no, the, uh, the locals. And, you know, Trump's hit that drum enough where he says, I can't go in unless they ask. Please ask. We'll be there tomorrow. We'll solve it. That's been a good play on his part. And I think it's that Stephen Miller cat, what I would have to say is the brain from Kronos inside that room. Uh, the balding cat, have you seen him? Uh, I think he's the guy who says, no, no. This is not the uh, this is not the time to go in and uh, you know like uh, Gorgo and just smash down the power towers. Uh, lay back, let them look bad. So I think they've got this figured out. I hope so, uh, but I still say Biden doesn't debate, and I'm I'm still not sure he's the uh, the candidate. And I know people say you're nuts, and I probably am. But I do think at this point he wouldn't be the candidate if this COVID thing had. Can you imagine? And then you start to think, you know, you don't want to get paranoid or get into uh, conspiracy theories. But you think, what is the only thing that could keep Biden in this dissipated state off the road in a heavily controlled (laughs) environment where he doesn't have to take questions? What is the only thing that could do that? And it's the sort of a virus where you have to wear a mask and can't be near other people Uh, coming right up. It's like you, you know, you always hear the story about uh, Brandon Tartikoff and how they got uh, Miami Vice. It was just a piece of paper that said MTV Cops, and he mm-hmm. slid it at somebody. So it's just like, man. yeah. So pandemic just slid it across the table, and they're like, oh yeah, we can do that. We know, we know how to make one of those. I got a guy in China. There's an interesting guy on Tucker Carlson last night who says this is a classic uh, schematic of a uh, overthrow that we would use in Eastern European nations, our intelligence community. Um, I, I can't do it justice, but if you go to Tucker's show last night, he was a very interesting cat, man. And uh, Tucker had a couple people on last night that you, in the past, you would have said, well, um, who was it last night? Uh, the, the, the Dr. Mark, whatever his name is, who Tucker uses every night on the COVID, he's always hedging his bets. He's got a little Glenn Beck in him. He likes to stay in the sweet spot in the middle. But the, the female scientists who worked on this in its earliest stages came on and said this was, of course, released from a lab. And she believes consciously, deliberately. And they came to him and he said, well, I'm not quite on with that yet. And then he made every point that she made. <laughs> it's just, uh, you notice that's a new trend in the world right now is when people have to agree with something reluctantly. They say up front, um, well, I'm not saying uh, that I, I believe uh, Trump when he says blank and then they say everything about it but they've laid down the covering fire that's all you have to do 
is some sort of disassociative sidestep up front to cover yourself, and then you can wade in and agree with it in layered language, uh, whereas you know Trump just makes these bullish pronouncements. Anyway, good talking to Victor, and I guess we should rock, Christian. Is that is that the show? That is Bye. the option. Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Thank you.